Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is John Overham. John is the president and founder of Exit Consulting Group and the author of Exit and Answers, Navigate Your Business Exit Like an Expert. John specializes in creating roadmaps for business owners anticipating a transition, whether transferring the business to family or employees or even selling to a third party. As a serial entrepreneur, he understands the day-to-day challenges of running a business and knows the stress of cash flow, the need to make payroll, paying the tax man, and the tension of being wrongfully sued. With his experience of owning large and small companies with 1 to 50 employees, John provides consulting and brokerage services for business owners preparing for and executing their exits. This is going to be a really interesting discussion today because I find the topic of business exits really fascinating because it is not a question of just selling your business, dropping it off at a car dealership and, you know, someone getting rid of it. There is a lot of transitional work that needs to happen, a lot of emotions that come into play, and John is going to help break this down for everybody. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I'm excited. So one of the things I found interesting about your trajectory is that you have this massive well of entrepreneurial experience to draw from as you are helping business owners going through this process. Can you talk a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing? Sure. Thank you. I think what I found and that I have learned over the years is that I'm actually an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur is not a business owner. An entrepreneur is not an employee. An entrepreneur actually is a personality, a personality type. And that comes with both strengths and weaknesses. So I've learned that as an entrepreneur, I always thought I was normal and and everybody else was weird. And I have learned that actually I'm the dysfunctional one as an entrepreneur. And so I have always been that way. Many times our kids are not entrepreneurs. You're born this way. My dad was military. My brother is an engineer. If this isn't something I asked to be, I've just learned that I am. Some people know they want to be a dentist. Some people want to be doctors, military, teachers. I love business and I always love being an entrepreneur. And so I'm just trying to help other business owners because I've learned that it's kind of like alcoholism. Like I was telling my clients yesterday, I said, I'm an alcoholic. You're always going to be an entrepreneur. This is just the the burden and the gift that, that comes with your job and exiting is part of that transition. And it's hard to deal with. One of the interesting things I find about being an entrepreneur was my tolerance for risk. Yeah. When I start talking to other people about the things that I do yeah. and like, like when I fire a client or when I, uh, or yeah. when I take on new clients or I lose two or three big ones or, you know, like whatever it is, 
right? You know, they always look at it like, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe you went through that. Like, how did you make payroll? How did you do this? How did you do that? Right. And you know something, it really, a lot of it comes down to planning. A lot of it comes down to, first of all, like you said, that personality type, you know, just right. being able to right. understand like, okay, so I lost a client, no big deal. Another one will come next month. Right. And it's the fear of failing mm -hmm. that I think people are scared of. And I've told everybody I've never failed. I have lost tens of millions of dollars making decisions. I have a PhD in entrepreneurism that no one taught me, but it cost me millions of dollars, but I never considered them a failure. And other people actually are scared that if they do something wrong or risk something, that it doesn't come out the right way, that they're failing. And that's just not how entrepreneurs look at it. Exactly. And, you know, one of the cool things about it is that you don't really get this in school, right? You don't really get this, no. uh, you know, certainly no. not in high school. And even if you go in for a business degree, I mean, I, you know, I got an executive MBA a couple of years ago. And even they didn't talk so much about it. You know, they talked about, you know, some of the mechanics of, of accounting and finance and, you know, business sure. law and things like that. But the actual tenacity, the mindset that you need in order to be an entrepreneur and, you know, break through that, I think is, it's one of the, you know, non-tangible assets, you know, that we learn over the years that we need I, to I create. Yeah. And Jeff, I think that's just who you are. You didn't, you didn't, you weren't trained it. You didn't go to school and they taught it, you know, they'll teach you the business tools, but I think they train in business school managers and they teach business ownership, but they don't teach entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is my knees are on the ground and I'm scratched up and I'm bleeding and I got to get up because I got to go solve the next problem. And that's why G1 generation one business owners are just, you know, a certain personality, you know, they're cowboys, they're street fighters. They don't like spending money. They think they can do it all themselves. They don't trust people. And, but that is also what makes them great is also what limits them in their business, exactly. but there's a place for them. You know, I love the way you articulated that because really what we're talking about here is a special class of people who are really going to yeah. take over the world. We just don't know it yet. Yeah. And entrepreneurship, the last thought of that is what creates all of these great products. Yeah these monumental changes in our lives, you know, being able to surf the internet on your iPhone and, you know, talk with somebody uh, clear across the country, you know, it's just all that came out of entrepreneurship out of nowhere else. It wasn't out of some academic, out of some academic uh, exercise. It was really something that somebody put two and two together and like, you know, something I can make a practical application out of this. And most entrepreneurs don't do it for money. They say, you know, I'm self-employed, but they do it because they have a passion or they have a pain or they're trying to solve something or they see something that's like, that doesn't make sense. They go, I can make money at it, but there's a lot of things you can make money at a lot easier than taking a concept and trying to convert it into a company. Exactly. There, there's a lot easier pass, but that's just who they are. And then a lot of times once they get started, then they have to figure out how to get out of it and they don't know how to get out because this is who they are. Their identity, their self-identity is, is so aligned with their business that an exit, their biggest challenge is, is the, what am I going to do next? You know, re death or is retirement. Those are my two choices. I love that you segued into that because really what we're talking about now is that you, you know, you want to create, you know, something that is longevity. No, it, well, at least the smart, the smart people among us, you know, we don't just start, uh, we don't just start a business out of a hobby. Like we do it because we have, we have needs that need to be met. You know, we have to, uh, sure. we want to leave the world in a better place. And sometimes 
when you create a business, you're not the right person to bring that business over to the next step. Right. So then we need to start talking like, well, how do we transition this? Right. Because you don't just throw it away, you know, all because John built this great business that, you know, sells widgets doesn't mean that it should just go away once you lose interest in it. That is an asset. That's a, you know, something that you can sell. That's something you can transfer and it can either benefit your kids. It can benefit your family. It can benefit, uh, you know, someone else who's willing to pay top dollar for it. Let's talk a little bit about how that works, because it's not so much a transaction. You know, I said this in the beginning, like this isn't something that you just go on a marketplace and buy my business for 50K, 100K, 500K, right? You know, you're really talking about, you know, how do you move all of that knowledge, which happens to be up in my head and shift it out so that someone else can take over, right? And really, you know, there are a couple of different phases for this. You know, there are the there are the operational aspects, you know, that's okay. You put together an SOP, right? There are the relationships that you have to build. You know, part of that is personality and really you need an order of operations here in order to make that happen, right? In order to make that transition from it being 100% my company to being 100% their company. How does that work? Walk us through the process of creating that transition so that you can ultimately sell your business for a profit and move on to newer and better things. Sure. So I would say the great thing about our business model is everybody exits. I don't have to convince a business owner that they're going to leave their company. It might be in a box or it might be on your feet, but you're going to leave. And so the goal is really who is best at um, preparing that business to sell in transition? Is it you or is it your widow or is it the trust with your children or is it with the state because you didn't do anything to prepare for it? And our advice is it's always you, the business owner, is the best one to prepare it. Now, when you design an exit, that doesn't mean that you have to leave. People assign an exit like that means I leave my job. That is not what an exit is. An exit is a plan. A plan is, hey, we have to turn this company into something. So if I die, if I get disabled, if I leave, if I sell it, that this company, this child, this thing that we have called a company can survive without me. And and that is where we always start in our process is what is your win? What are you trying to do? Because you're going to leave. Do you want to leave it to your kids? Do you just want to sell it and shut it down? You have no kids that are going to take it. You have key employees. You just want to take it to third market. What is your win? You have to start with a plan, just like you do as an estate plan when it comes to what happens when you die. We just, we have to start there first. So how does that look? So where's the first place to start? I mean, you know, first of all, like, I think, you know, like me as the president and CEO and founder of my company, sure. right? I sure. mean, it starts with checking my ego, right? It starts with checking, you know, like what, you know, really like, who am I? Like, can this business really run without Jeff? And how would that happen? Like, what's, uh, what are the first steps? Typically, we break it out into three steps. We deal with owner readiness, business readiness, and market readiness. And by far, the biggest challenge in exiting a business is the owner being ready. So many business owners don't actually plan for it. They, they, their only experience is selling a house or selling a car, and they think, oh, I can just sell my business the same way. And this is not a transaction. This is all about the transition because the owners are so involved in the company and the employees and the vendors and the suppliers and the process that you can't just walk out the door and say, here's the keys. 
so many of our business owners are what I call helicopter parents. It would be like you having a child that all you do is everybody runs everything through me. We call it wagon wheel management, right? I'm in the middle. Everyone reports to me. I'm the best one who knows it. No one else can do it like I do it. And then they wonder when they, t- when they step out, why the wheels fall apart. And we've got to figure out, can the company survive without the owner? That's one step. But so the other step is, can the owner survive without the business? Big, big issue. So how do you figure out, you know, like those key metrics, they sound very fungible when you're talking about it, you know, convincing somebody that they need to be in a mindset that this thing ultimately needs to move on, you know, without me, like you said, a lot of people aren't ready for that. So how do you help get them ready? So typically what we'll do is we'll start with a triggering event and it's usually a liquidity event. There's a certain amount of money I want to have for my company so I can retire or I can move on. Um, Some people just get out of the business because, hey, this business is kind of flat and I'm bored because a lot of entrepreneurs like me kind of have the ADHD and they run it till they get bored. We call them 70 percenters, right? The entrepreneurs are, I'll get 70% of it done and then I leave the 30% for everybody else to clean up. And then, you know, once it gets boring, then they go do something else. So sometimes it's personal. They just need to be stimulated doing something else. Most of the time it's driven by a liquidity event. And so we always start with how much money you're going to get in after-tax cash when you sell your company? And is that the reason why you're going to sell? We, We usually start there with how much money do you need? Okay. So now that we figured out, you know, like the, you know, there's a certain number, you know, that's, that's basically becoming your North star, right? Yep. Perfect. You know, and then there are some other aspects, like you need to start documenting your processes. You need to start getting maybe your partners or your board members, you know, and key employees on board with this project as well, because you're definitely not going to be, as an owner, you're definitely not going to be doing this in a vacuum, right? What uh, what comes next? We just met an 82 year old who was in the office and said, you know, I I think I'm ready to transition because I I have some things I want to get done. So I need some time to do that. And we're like, at 82. Okay. I'm, I think it's a good idea, right? So people all have different perspectives, but in the game of the transition, we have to find out, is there a a business that can be sold or transferred over? And so we do, we look at their customer concentration. If you have one customer that is more than 10 to 15% of your business, that puts a buyer at risk. If you have one client that's 80% of your business that have been your best friends for the last 30 years, there's a risk in that. We look at um, supply and product services and what if there's a risk, if you have multiple products or you only have one product that is most of your revenue. Then we look at your organization. We look at your management team. Can the management team survive without you? When was the last time you took a vacation owner? And I'm not saying take one week off. I'm saying, when did you take a month off? And I will tell you, not a single business owner. They, They can't even take two weeks off. Like, how do you think the company is going to survive if you can't even take two weeks off and leave it to team? I, I don't even know the company I'm supposed to buy it from you. And you're saying you can't leave your team alone. And yet you're telling me your company's worth something. That's really interesting that you brought up that point, because I've always prided myself about bringing my laptop with me wherever I go. Yeah. Even when I go on a cruise ship, right? right. The laptop's still with me. Maybe I open it less. Maybe, uh, you know, but then I'll spring for, you know, whatever Internet I'll need in order to stay in contact. But you're right. Actually going off grid and letting the business run without you is something that most entrepreneurs simply cannot do at this point, right? And getting them to think differently so that these things can run without them so that they really run on autopilot is, you know, is really, 
is, is, is really almost a gift. You know, it's something that you really need to figure out, you know, how to make that happen. You apps. And, and I will tell you, I haven't taken a two week vacation in 20 years. I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying I've always felt like I need, I'm driven. I need more. I need to watch. And my team came to me and said, John, the company doesn't need you. You need the company. You need to feel like you're important. We got it. Just go. And I was like, wow, John, your customers, we got them. You need the customers to need you. That's why you won't leave. That was pretty deep for me, right? So, I mean, there there is a very tightly linked personal relationship between me personally and my business. (laughs) And that's where business owners struggle with their exit is, is what value am I going to have if I leave? They'll use price. They'll use time. They'll use lots of reasons why they'll never leave. But what it fundamentally comes down to is what's my purpose and what's my value when this is all I've done and all I know. I love it. Thank you so much for articulating that. Let me ask you this, though. Once you have a roadmap, like once you have like these basic milestones that you need to achieve, both internal and external and personal, right? You know, you need to figure out all of these. What happens next? Like once you have that roadmap, I understand, you know, first of all, you're going to have some clarity right? You'll be able to, to a little bit more accurately put a date on something or at least a time frame of how long it's going to take you to do all this together. But what happens next? So I would say most of the time business owners are so busy that the ability for them to focus on the transaction and what it's going to happen is usually kind of after hours. So it's like me going to the gym and saying, I want to do sit-ups. And for some reason, I always run out of time and I can't do my sit-ups, right? They're like, yeah, I want to do this transaction. I want to get out, but then they never do, right? Their key employees are saying, you told me you were going to sell it to me. Their family, their, their children said, hey, you were going to. Their partner said you were going to. And they just never find the time to do so. So getting them to be committed to the time because you have to focus on it. Number two is, is that typically business Business owners have control issues. I have to admit I do too, but entrepreneurs particularly, and they have trust issues and they think they can do everything themselves. And so they don't like to hire professionals to help them. And so they, they slow up and gum up the whole process because they think that they can do it. And instead you should just hire people to do it for you and you stay in your lane and run the company and let professionals help you. You don't want to rep yourself, represent yourself in court. You don't want to basically file your own tax returns and being part of an IRS audit. Don't try to do a transaction. You have a whole business to run and a life to run, hire professionals. And they just, they won't let go of the control and they don't know the vernacular, so they feel like they don't understand what's going on. And that's a very uncomfortable place for business owners when they just don't know what's happening. You know, I get that because once, you know, when you're trying to talk to your accountant or you're trying to talk to your, mm-hmm. to your tax advisor, and as soon as I get a whiff of they don't understand like what it is that I'm going through, right? It makes this relationship like a little bit like, wait, hold on. I need you to get inside my head, you know, a little bit too. either that or convince me why I'm wrong. Right. Because what happens there is that that roadmap needs to be clear. Like I need to sign off on this, you know, so that I can, you know, start implementing the next steps, whether it's, you know, identifying, uh, you know, who could be the next target for who could buy this or whether I decide to pass it off to, you know, kids or family or what have you. One last question though, like after the roadmap is, created. How long does it normally take then to go from post roadmap to 
actually consummating the transaction and, you know, and getting that transition up and running? We tell our, our business owners to anticipate a transaction to take a year. And then oftentimes, depending on their involvement, they need to stay on between a year and three years, depending how involved they are in the business. Obviously, the more that they're in the wagon wheel and they are the company and the relationships are there, and particularly in service-based companies, engineers, architects, dentists, um, contractors, things that their, their knowledge, their skill set, their license, and their training has them so involved in it, it takes a little longer to get out. But I would tell people manage two to three years from the day that you say go to the day that you actually will not show up to the office anymore and you've got paid in full and you're no longer involved. That, that's how long from the day you say go, not even from the planning stage. Wow. You know, so there's so much prep work that goes in even before that, yeah. you know, and so much mindset work and, you know, just some actual work that, that goes into that. So I love the way you articulated that. John, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? Sure. So our company is called Exit Consulting Group. We're at www.exitconsultinggroup.com. We are in San Diego, California, but we have clients all around the United States. Actually, we picked up a new one in Dubai, actually, lately. So it's kind of our first international one besides Mexico, but we're right next to the border there. So we, we're always available. That's probably the best way to contact us. And you'll get a lot of information. And really, we're about educating business owners, because I'm an entrepreneur and we've built this whole model on trying to give the tools to owners to figure out their own path because there is no same path for everybody. Amazing. John, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff and I really appreciate, you know, both, uh, you know, the knowledge and the passion that you bring to this. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jeff, for offering it. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.